0: And here we go. Here we go on this Monday evening, straight up 6 p.m. That means it's time for Real Talk Memphis. And we are here on air and online. Good to have you with us. I am your host, the humble one, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you along for the next, hopefully, 60 minutes, if not for as long as you can be. Uh, I hope that you had a great day today. I hope that you had a good weekend past. I will tell you in advance. The weather is going to get ugly tomorrow, uh, late tomorrow, probably tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. We're going to see some, uh, some pretty good storms rolling through here uh, as a result of um, a big storm system that has originated out west uh, that is now starting to work its way to the east. The folks up to the north of us are getting a lot of snow, and I mean a lot of snow uh, in feet. And uh, it's going to be uh, really hazardous in terms of travel and things like that for the next several days as it continues to roll across the country. We're not going to see any snow, but we will see uh, some rain and some thunderstorms. So uh, don't don't be surprised if you see a lot of alerts tomorrow around here, especially in the evening time. But I digress. Uh, as I said before, it is uh, very good to have you with us. Uh, I think we have a good show for you tonight, uh, but uh, uh, in terms of how you can connect up with us, well, uh, you can do that a number of ways. Right now, we are on live on the radio, 91.7, on your FM dial, WYXR. You can also catch us live on the TuneIn app, T-U-N-E-I-N. Uh, you can catch us live there. We are also on the WYXR.org app and uh, as uh, uh, we do generally each and every week we're on Facebook Live. Uh, we will be uh, on uh, YouTube tomorrow. And when the show is posted uh, by the station, uh, we will be our podcast. We're a podcast. So as we are a podcast, after tomorrow afternoon you can catch us wherever it is you get your podcast. Good Good. So um, a lot going on out here today in particular. Let me run down the guest list for you. Our first guest in just a few minutes will be uh, someone who's never been on our show before. He is the city councilman, Frank Hovett Jr. And he's going to talk a lot about what is happening in terms of the city issues. And more importantly, a big discussion about a couple of issues, juvenile crime and uh, the speeders on these uh, interstates. I have some questions for him about that. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with Reverend Melvin Watkins from Mount Vernon Baptist Church. Uh, there is a <clears throat> big revitalization effort going on in Westwood community, in Westwood and the Westwood community, in particular where the old uh, twin uh, movie theater used to be, drive-in, back in the day. It's been gone for a while now, but that whole area has deteriorated and uh, is really nothing there. Well, uh, Reverend Watkins is uh, one of the... Uh, folks who is heading up a revitalization organization out there in Westwood and a big project out there. And he'll tell us all about that and uh, what he hopes to gain from it. And uh, in the second half hour of the show, we will be speaking with Justin J. Pearson. And Justin is a community activist. And of course, uh, he was the the, the leader of the uh, Memphis community against the pipeline issue uh, last year, which was a big, big issue. And They managed to defeat that effort. Well, uh, Justin has received a very big honor courtesy of The Root magazine. He is part of The Root 100, uh, which is uh, uh, the uh, most influential uh, African-Americans in this year, 2022. He has made that list uh, as the only Memphian. So that, my friends, is a very big deal. And we're going to talk with him about that. He's only 27 years old. And he's already making big waves out there and getting national attention. So we will uh, get to all that shortly. But first, uh, we want to celebrate your current trip around the sun. If you made it, uh, congratulations to you. Of course, uh, this past weekend, uh, Talia Palacio, who hosts a show on this radio station, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. You should check it out. It's a good show. She celebrated her birthday on Saturday. Uh, but for the remainder of you, uh, whether it's today or this week, Uh, We have a little special thing we like to do called birthday shout-outs, but I can't do that until I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, happy birthday. There's a lot of birthdays on uh, today, so uh, let's get cracking. Happy birthday to Mr. Michael Scruggs. Michael, happy birthday to you, sir, on this day. Samantha D. Reed, Roger Posk, she is celebrating her birthday today. Sharon Hancock, happy birthday to you. Toya Gillard is celebrating today, as is Lisa Johnson. Sybil Haywood Rainey celebrating her birthday today. Sandy Ring, Stephen Howell, Patricia H.M., Sharonda Lane, Ayana Johnson, celebrating today, as, in, as is Karen Todd. Gabriel Jones and Mr. Brett Thompson celebrating a birthday today. Lola, do you have a birthday or you like to share today? Uh, no birthdays from Lola today. But to each and every one of you, a very, very happy birthday. I hope you celebrated big and great and had a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, from all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, uh, we hope to be here next year to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Congratulations and happy birthday. Thank you, Lola. So as we uh, start the uh, news and notes here this, uh, this uh, evening, I uh, want to take special note of uh, someone uh, that uh, we are uh, all thinking about. Uh, he is uh, the head coach of the University of uh, uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State University, rather. Uh, head football coach Mike Leach uh, had a uh, what is categorized as a massive heart attack yesterday afternoon. Uh, he was rushed uh, to uh, the emergency room, and uh, as of right now, his standing is he is in critical condition. So uh, we don't really know what all of that means, uh, but uh, we are lifting him in prayer, and we are lifting his family and uh, his his friends, his, all the folks on the football team, uh, everyone who, who is very concerned at this hour uh, in prayer, Uh, For football coach Mike Leach, uh, 61 years old, had a massive heart attack apparently yesterday afternoon and is in critical condition at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So we'll keep an eye on that situation and let you know if we hear anything. Meantime, uh, there has yet to be a decision. You know, I told you last week uh, about the two 15-year-olds, now actually one is 16 years old, that were involved in the shooting, death, and carjacking of uh, Reverend Artura Eason Williams, where they were back in court this morning and it looks as if uh, a decision has been made on moving this thing forward. And uh, they'll be back in court on the 20th, which is next week. And uh, so according to, you know, uh, before we change administration, uh, Amy Wyrick, who was the D.A., uh, was poised to transfer them to to uh, to adult court. Uh, it looks as if uh, because we have new leadership now in the DA's office and uh, the juvenile court uh, uh, area, uh, it looks like things are starting to move in that direction. When asked about it, the DA's office said they are looking to seek transfer uh, and, uh, you know, uh, which again could happen next week. And I think juvenile court is co-signing on that as well. So uh, we might see some movement in reference to this. Uh This would be, you know, precedent setting. The law states that if you're between the ages of 14 and 17 uh, and you commit a serious crime uh, like murder, uh, you can be transferred to adult court. So we shall see what happens on the 20th in reference to that. In the meantime, many of you have heard about the Triple G Agreement that is uh, in the works, uh, that is in Germantown. Germantown wants all of the schools the elementary, the middle, and the high school uh, transferred uh, so it can be under the city of Germantown. Well, there's a lot of conversation about how to make that happen. And they had to get all this thing. Uh, they had to get all this settled before the end of the year uh, per the court. Or there could be a, you know, a big lawsuit pending. So now you have uh, all of the factions about ready to vote on moving forward with this. Uh, including a school transfer from uh, Memphis and uh, Shelby County Schools back to Germantown and the possibility of a new high school being built in Cordova. Now, all of this costs money. Uh, so you have the uh, county commission uh, who is going to make a decision on this uh, come, I think, Wednesday of this week. And then you have the Memphis and Shelby County School Board who was also going to vote on it this week, as is the Germantown Board of Aldermen. There's a lot of moving parts here, and uh, we shall see uh, what happens uh, with these individual bodies' votes coming the next few days as to (coughs) what happens uh, in Germantown. Uh, Flu cases are up, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you hadn't figured it out. It's really bad out here. It really, really is. And if you hadn't had your flu shot, I'm going to urge you once again uh, to uh, get your flu shot because uh, there are states in this country uh, who are starting to look at... Uh, bringing back masks, especially on the indoor side. So uh, because the numbers are starting to fly off the charts, Uh, hospital beds being occupied in emergency rooms all over the country, including right here in little old Memphis and Shelby County, by the way, Uh, a lot of people are getting sick. You have RSV, that's a respiratory disease uh, that is starting to rear its ugly head around here. And there's COVID is starting to, 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 to rise here. I don't think it's high level wise here in, uh, in, in Tennessee so far, but there are some states in the Northeast that are seeing rising COVID 19 levels. I said all that to say this just use your common sense and judgment. And go out and protect yourself. And not only that, protect your family members, okay? If you don't think about me or Lola or Brynn or anybody else around here, think about yourself and your family. Protect yourself. It doesn't keep you from getting the flu if you get a flu shot. But what it does is minimize the uh, symptoms that you would be getting uh, should you uh, get the flu, okay? Please, please do it for yourself and do it for your other people. So I'm going to end on a good note here. And uh, 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 for you folks who are, are into the concert scene, uh, Memphis is getting some big time concerts uh, in uh, in next year. Uh, and it was announced today that uh, Janet Jackson and Lola is raising her hands triumph. I don't know if you can see her. We got the wide shot going tonight. Uh, uh, that she is very pleased and happy uh, that Janet Jackson is coming back to town. She'll be here in April. Uh, with her Together Again tour. Uh, that was announced today. And uh, uh, it looks like April's going to be a pretty big month. But let me just run down some of the artists who are going to be here in 2023. Jeffrey Osborne is coming back to town uh, in March. Patti LaBelle will be here in March. Uh, the group Journey, uh, who's been around for a long time, they will be here uh, in April. Lizzo, Lizzo is getting. Lizzo is a Grammy Award winner now. She's a People's Choice winner. She's big time, man. Lizzo will be here in April. (coughs) Excuse me, John Cougar Mellencamp will be here in April as well. And uh, you know, as I as I mentioned, uh, the aforementioned Janet Jackson, after four years, it's been four years since she's toured, uh, will be here on April 29th along with Ludacris. That's her opening act. You like that, Lola Ludacris, huh? okay she's weird said. she says she's weird but anyway that's the concert thing so start saving your pennies uh for these big uh, concerts because they're going to be costing you a lot of money uh and last but not least <clears throat> congratulations to the fall graduating class of the university of memphis uh that graduated on saturday uh i want to give a couple of special shout outs to some folks i know jennifer sharp Uh, was once my one of my employees once upon a time and she graduated this weekend and to my niece Madison Yancey she graduated uh, as well over the weekend so for all of you out there who did put in the hard work and the effort uh uh congratulations to you and uh, best of luck in the future that is a quick look look at rather uh, news and notes on this Monday we are going to uh, take our first commercial break and get into the big broadcast tonight Uh, Welcome to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We'll be right back.
1: If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? Or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back.
2: WYXR is supported by the Orpheum Theater, presenting Mannheim Steamroller Christmas by Chip Davis on Thursday, December 29th. The spirit of the season comes alive with the sound of Mannheim Steamroller, a holiday tradition for over 35 years. More information at orpheum-memphis.com.
3: Support for WYXR comes from Farmburger. Farmburger is your neighborhood grass-fed burger joint, located in the east atrium of Crosstown Concourse, offering custom grass-fed burgers, seasonal salads, and more. Farmburger takes pride in their grass-fed beef and partners with local farmers such as Home Place Pastures, Bonnie Blue Farm, and Marmalou Farms. For more information, visit farmburger.com.
4: This is Clark ward Keys, co-founder at Crosstown Brewing Company. We are proud to be WYXR's official beer sponsor for 2022. Memphis Music deserves Memphis beer. Working with the WYXR team has been an awesome way to support local community radio and foster a deeper connection with music while doing it. Our Instagram and Facebook pages feature all the updates regarding CBC and WYXR's frequent collaborations. Enjoy following along.
0: Chip Washington here, very happy to have you with us, and very happy to have my first guest with us. Uh, He's never been a guest on my show before, so I'm really happy to have him. He is uh, one of our city councilmen. He is Frank Colvin, Jr., uh, from District 2, and uh, Councilman Frank, thank you so much for coming on Real Talk tonight. It's good to see you, and it's good to have you. Good
5: to be here, Chip. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, uh, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show uh, is to talk about an issue that is really, you know, important to a lot of us these days. Uh, and that is uh, these speeders out here on the interstate and the guys doing the donuts in the middle of the street and things like that. I read a quote from you, which 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 intrigued me enough to want to reach out to you about how angry, you know, not only you, but a lot of your fellow uh, city council folks and, and just really a lot of us in the city and the county are just so tired of because it's so dangerous. And it really is a menace to us. Uh, talk to us about kind of your feelings in, in reference to that.
5: Well, Chip, uh, again, thank you for having me. I, look, it is something that really beca- came to our attention and got bad during COVID. And that was kids, you know, and, and, and adults even, drag racing. And as you said, doing donuts. But now it's, it's progressed out to happening more and more often in residential areas. And what really got under my skin and made me angry is is this is the time of year where there are more parties, more people are out shopping, more people are out. Yeah, it's not just going to school or going to and from work. People are out more and more often. And you get into this really tough weather we've had recently with all the rain, somebody's gonna get killed. So several of the things we've been working with on the city council, is not only meeting with the Crime Commission in ways that we can help, but also pushing forward uh, for things like more police officers. We call them traffic calming devices, but you call them speed humps uh, and our ability to get those out there. But making sure that Memphians know and are safe when they're out on the roads. But it, it's it's an it's not just annoying; it's very very dangerous.
0: It it truly is, and uh, you know you mentioned that the drag racing, of course, is, is is out of control and has been for quite some time, but but this issue with uh, with I mean, literally, you know, acting as if the interstates are like the Indianapolis five hundred racetrack. I mean, people are just I mean, people are riding up on you and they're going from left to right, to right to left, weaving in and out of traffic, and you know, we've seen a few incidents in reference to that. Is there something uh, that can be done uh, from an ordinance perspective or, 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 or a law perspective? From, from the city council perspective, uh, you know, is there something that can be passed that can actually, uh, you know, enhance uh, some of the enforcement measures uh, that we see in place already in terms of things like this?
5: Well, your timing is perfect, Chip, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, last year, I helped uh, co-sponsor a request of a legislature to increase the fines for drag racing and cars that uh, are not up to code for lack of better words. We were successful in that endeavor and the fines have been increased. We're actually going back to Nashville to the legislature to increase those fines uh, even higher. At some point, our goal in the longer run is not only to make it fiscally painful for you to drag race and uh, just speed in general, but really drag racing Uh, There's a point where if you drag race, we catch you enough times, we get to impound and then sell your car. So we're going after them. Unfortunately, though, it just takes time. Uh, The legislature is not inclined to move very super quickly on this. So we're testing out what we have right now. We're monitoring with the police department uh, the number of speeders and drag racers that we're catching. So it's a multi-phase effect of not just letting the police department know that we as the council are monitoring them, but also working with Nashville and state law to increase the fines so that we in turn as the municipality can increase the fines. Uh, I call them knuckleheads more often than not. Uh, but, I, you know, it's kind of getting to the point where it's it's potential that somebody's going to get killed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, things like this, you know, tend to tend to expedite the speed of things, unfortunately, when there's a tragedy that that occurs. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the legislature, which which is back in session in in January. Uh, I did hear and this is outside the legislature, but I did hear uh, 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 Senator Lamar Alexander was uh, sort of kind of inserting himself into all of this and basically said that, you know what, we, we're we going to take cars. I mean, you know, whether it's speed racing, whether it's drag racing or whatever, and, you know, we're going to start impounding. You said impounding and cl- I mean, and collecting these cars, taking these cars, period, and maybe even destroying some of these cars. Are you averse to an idea like that? What do you think?
5: Not even slightly. (laughs) Uh, I am completely in favor of this. I think it is a very, very good idea because look, these hot rods, look, I get it. If we need to make sure that the track is open so that they have a safe place to go drag race, you know, like we have up North Memphis, uh, Millington area. Yeah. Fine. Then I'm more happy to look into that. But doing it on the public street where your family, my family, everybody is using that to get to and from whatever they're trying to get to and from uh it's not safe at some point somebody's going to get killed but before that happens let's increase the fine so that hopefully just hopefully people will look at it that are you know maybe ride a little too fast maybe they'll think twice and uh and not get out there and do 90 110 miles an hour
0: now you know i uh i I travel the interstate every day you know back and forth to work and uh the the one thing that I do notice, or don't notice, rather, is uh, what I had heard about uh, law um, that the um, uh, that there was an agreement with the state, uh, and the governor said he was going to send down uh, a lot of troopers down here uh, to patrol the highways, so the so the police department could control uh, patrol the streets. I'll be honest with you. I traveled uh, forty every day uh, west, going into downtown every single day uh, from okay. Bartlett, and I don't see not I have not seen one trooper. Have we gotten, uh, and now, now some of my folks here say they have. I know there is in certain parts of town, but I mean, do we need to spread the wealth there and, and get them on, you know, more of these interstates, do you think? Or are we, where are we with that?
5: Well, and yes, the governor did send additional state troopers, and that's a great point. We have counsel in eight days, and I'll ask that question, our public safety committee. The answer is yes, and uh, Shelby County Sheriff's deputies have been helping us out uh in in terms of because it's also part of their jurisdiction so we have increased the police presence but you know i think it goes to something that's a a little bit of a tricky issue in some parts uh we just simply need 2,500 police officers chip yeah the professionals have all looked at it they've all said basically the same thing 2,300 is the minimum threshold We've got to find a way and spend more money recruiting and retaining our police officers. We're at a little bit over 1,900 now, uh, so we've got to amp up those numbers. Our police are stretched too thin. Yeah. And, and, and I would share this. I understand that a lot of people are very concerned, and I agree with them. I don't want a police state any more than anyone else. But one thing is always true is that if you see troopers uh, police out on the interstates, you naturally slow down. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you go out into the suburbs, you see these police cars everywhere. You naturally slow down. Uh, it also helps us respond quicker to the emergencies that happen where calls for 911 service require our immediate attention. And we cannot, we're stretched so thin they have to leave the interstates and leave the writing traffic tickets to service the major crimes.
0: Yeah, that that's a big, big deal. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with City Councilman Frank Colbert Jr. Uh, from District 2. And, uh, you know, I know a, another big issue that we're dealing with, and I know that, that you feel passionately about it, is juvenile crime. We're seeing, we're seeing kids as young as 12 and 13 years old, you know, out here every night committing major crimes. And uh, there's a lot of conversation about all of that and, and what can be done. You know, I, one of the things that really bothers me a bit is uh, the fact that there is an ordinance on the books re- referencing curfews. But they don't seem to be enforced and i think you touched on it a little bit with the the lack of uh the size of our police department to be able to actually enforce this but what's your take on on all of that
5: well and and let's unpack that because i think you bring up several excellent points uh the first part is is that a police officer sees a juvenile out after curfew which depending on their age i think is 10 or 11 o'clock yeah the police officer has to stay with the juvenile until the parent or guardian picks them up. Well, what happens if the parents or guardians are working and can't leave work? Well, then the police officer is, is basically off the road with the juvenile or he lets or she lets the juvenile go. Mm-hmm. So you've got that first problem, we're actually working on better holding areas, for lack of better words, for juveniles. But then you go into the part two and, and this is a program, uh, I call it walking and chewing gum. You know, our first thing, I think in the immediate term is we need more police officers, simply put, not a police state, but to enforce the laws, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But the second most important, and or at the very least equally important, is we have to have things in our, what I call the ecosystem, in our social system, things like the boys and girls clubs that are there for our juveniles and our young folks not just while they're in school, but after school. It's these programs, and I'm a huge fan of Boys and Girls Clubs and all the great things they do, but it is those sorts of programs that help those kids at a younger age not make bad decisions. If you look at Boys and Girls Clubs graduation rate, it's through the roof. If you look at their, uh, their graduates' ability to get second higher education or go to the military or get a job, it is absolutely through the roof, Chip. So it's a two-part effort with our juveniles in that we need more police. It keeps kids from doing knuckleheaded things. But two, we've got to have the social network built out and built out further things for these kids to do. Because and, and I'll close on this, Chip, because it's something I think we can all agree on. Yeah. You know, the modern family is so different even different from when i grew up chip i think uh, i don't know how old you are but when you grew up yeah uh these kids if they go home the parent or parents aren't home it's having those positive role models not just our parents growing up you know my coaches I mean, all it took was one phone call from my mom to my coach, and I was running gassers. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: They didn't even know what I did wrong. They just know my mom called and said I had done wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's these sorts of positive role models that provide the direct, I think, positive influence on the kids to make the right decision. So it's a walk-and-chew-gum thing
0: in terms of public safety in our youth. You're you're hastening back to a time when it it took a village to raise a child, and I think if we – we visited that uh, today, uh, you know, that might uh, help us in situations like this uh, where folks are, are, are involved. But at the but they, at the essence of what you just said, it really is, you know, the, 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 the family's responsibility, the parents' responsibility, you know, for their children to make sure that their children have the proper alternatives other than uh, getting in trouble in the streets.
5: That's exactly correct. I mean, if, you know, if I did not have athletics when I was growing up, I would have gone out and looked for trouble, but at the same time, I also had to get home when the streetlights came on because I knew my parents were not going to budge. Right. It's these kinds of things growing up that let's face it, keeps a kid from making a bad decision or a knuckleheaded decision, keeps them on the straight and narrow and and hopefully gives them positive. This is what I want to do with my life. This is how I want to live my life and lead my life. But again let's walk and chew gum. I need those police officers. I think we all do, but at the same time I think we need to be very cognizant that this is not going to be a society where we're just going to throw you in jail because you broke the law. We've got to think bigger picture, longer picture than that.
0: Well, listen, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to come on the show tonight and talk to us. Uh, you raised some very, very fine points. And and I hope that, you know, as time moves forward, uh, we will start to see some of these uh, st- substantial changes that you were speaking of. Uh, City Councilman Frank Colvin, Jr. from District 2, thank you, sir, for coming on the show tonight. It's great to see you. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family.
5: Merry Christmas to you, Chip, and to all our Real Talk fans and listeners
0: always good to see you hope to see you again soon thank you sir take take your care we'll talk down the road thank you so much uh, frank Oliver jr ladies and gentlemen uh giving us some information about uh, what's happening in the city council more importantly what's going on on our streets and hopefully uh, some initiatives coming down the road that will curb some of the nonsense that we see uh, on a daily basis out here we're going to take another break take a quick pause and when we come back We're gonna talk about a redevelopment project uh, for the folks out in the Westwood community uh, with a man who is at the forefront. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip, and we'll be right back.
1: (laughs) If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Wanna be considered a guest? Or have a guest idea then send chip a message on his real talk show page and you can be a part of the real talk experience so as he always says go out and tell somebody we'll be right back
4: this is will goodwin co-founder at crosstown brewing company Just like WYXR, Crosstown Brewing supports Memphis music and our neighbors who use their talents to make it. Our beers can be found at our 3,000 square foot taproom right here at the Crosstown Concourse and at your favorite bars, restaurants, and stores throughout Tennessee, Mississippi, and Eastern Arkansas. Enjoy.
6: Music meets you wherever you are. A great record finds you, and the trick it pulls off is that it records you. The music always remembers who you were when it first hit you, and for the rest of your natural-born life, wherever you go, music can take you back to whoever you were. At Loaded for Bear, the way we approach art and brand design is to find our clients wherever they really are, meet them there, and create lasting work that captures who they are. Just like y'all, we're from Memphis, and we're listeners. Loaded for Bear is proud to ride for WYXR and community radio anywhere.
2: WYXR supported by GPAC, presenting Australian guitarist Tommy Emmanuel on Friday, January 13th. Tommy Emmanuel is known for his fingerstyle technique, live performances, and use of percussive effects on the guitar. More information at gpacweb.com.
3: Support for WYXR comes from Farmburger. Farmburger is your neighborhood grass-fed burger joint located in the east atrium of Crosstown Concourse, offering custom grass-fed burgers, seasonal salads, and more. Farmburger takes pride in their grass-fed beef and partners with local farmers such as Home Place Pastures, Bonnie Blue Farm, and Marmalou Farms. For more information, visit farmburger.com. WYXR is supported by Shell Days Music Festival, presented by Mempho, April 21st and 22nd at Overton Park Shell. Shell Days will feature two days of music with Trampled by Turtles, Southern Avenue, Leftover Salmon, Neil Francis, Paul Thorne, and Bailey Bigger. More information at memphopresents.com.
4: This is Clark Ward Keys, co-founder at Crosstown Brewing Company. We are proud to be WYXR's official beer sponsor for 2022. Memphis Music deserves Memphis beer. Working with the WYXR team has been an awesome way to support local community radio and foster a deeper connection with music while doing it. Our Instagram and Facebook pages feature all the updates regarding CBC and WYXR's frequent collaborations. Enjoy following along.
0: to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening. And, you know, at the beginning of the broadcast, I said to you that uh, one of the big things that's going on out here is a lot of folks getting sick. Uh, it's about that time. It's uh, November. No, it's December, excuse me. And we are right in the middle of flu season. Uh, then we've also got COVID, which is still uh, running around out here at RSV which is a respiratory disease that basically uh, impacts the littlest ones. Uh, but uh, if they get around uh, grown folks and, and get the cough and the sneezing, guess what? The grown folks can get it too. I said all that to say that, uh, you know, you should uh, get a flu shot. And my next guest uh, is a classic example. of that. I don't know if he has one or not, uh, but, but he just checked in and said that he's not feeling well and he's got the flu. So he won't be joining us tonight. That person is Reverend Melvin Watkins uh, from Mount Vernon Baptist Church. But I can quickly go over kind of what we were going to discuss. Uh, Some years back, uh, the, 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 the twin... Uh, movie theater out in the Westwood area, not too far from Mount Vernon, uh, you know, was, was was torn down. That movie theater was big, big time back in the day, way back in the day. A lot of folks used to go to the drive-in movie theater. Well, it's been torn down for quite some time, and there has been no revitalization effort in that area uh, to 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 kind of want to address that issue. Well, uh, he is part of a, a group, an, an organization uh, that is trying to revitalize the westwood community out there uh they formed a group they're trying to to get together they've been working with the city and the county uh you know uh, to try to purchase that land about 20 acres worth uh, so they can redevelop it out there uh you know they don't have a uh you know i talked to him about this before uh you know the plans are to try to to get a grocery store out in that area to try to get a bank out in that area to try to perhaps have a police substation uh, in that area you know uh Shops and services, which are definitely necessary. We have too many areas in this town and some of our older parts of town. Uh, you know, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Smoky City and, and, and Orange Mound and New Chicago and a lot of other areas like that, uh, you know, which are depressed. And they don't have a lot. And a lot of folks who live in those areas have to travel a long way uh, just to get services like, you know, fresh groceries, go to a grocery store or a lot of other places. Uh, You know, they're also talking about with this project to build a library and a community center, which is desperately needed. And again, uh, going back to the first conversation we had with councilman, Frank Culver, you know, giving our children something productive to be able to do. Uh, to be able to, you know, fulfill some time out there instead of being out there on the streets. Now, I'm going to say this before uh, our next guest, uh, you know, joins me in a few minutes, uh, that the police chief said the other day, C.J. Davis, when she was looking at the statistics of uh, the juvenile crime, which has really started to escalate, I mean, out of control around here, if you look at some of the uh, ages of the kids who are committing these crimes 15, 16 year old, maybe 17 year olds if you look back on their criminal they have a criminal history. a 16 year old has a criminal history going all the way back to when they were 11, 12 years old committing crimes at 11 and 12 years old. I mean they have a jacket so and as they get older uh, the crimes start to escalate the violence starts to escalate. Now we're seeing guns everywhere and people are using guns and not only are the teenagers, are committing crimes against adults. They're committing crimes against each other. And they're shooting each other and they're killing each other over disagreements, simple disagreements that we're having today. Uh, the, prol- the proliferation of guns is a pretty big deal out here. You can get one anywhere in the city for 10 bucks. You hear about it each and every day. But it's very disturbing when you see a child who hasn't been on this earth 16 years that's been committing crimes since he's 11 or 12 years old. Uh, parents have a responsibility here. We talk about the fact that we don't have enough police officers to patrol our streets and our neighborhoods. Well, you know what? If more people took responsibility for what's theirs, uh, then uh, we might not have, uh, you know, such, a, such an urgent need f- for these uh, uh, law enforcement officers. Councilman Colbert talked about a police state. None of us want to see a police state. But when we're 1,900 law enforcement officers and we need 23, 2,400, that's a pretty good deficit. You know, and, uh, you know, it's hard to recruit because you're not only trying to pull folks here, but you're trying to pull them from across the country. And a lot of folks don't want to come from across the country to come here to protect and serve. So it's a catch-22 situation, which basically means this. And this is Chip's soapbox segment, in case you hadn't figured it out. We as parents and responsible citizens need to embrace our young people, and we need to support them more than we're doing right now. Parents need to be parents, and you need to make sure that you understand that a 12-, 13-year-old child shouldn't be wandering the streets, you know, out here, you know, with the gangs in the middle of the night. You have a responsibility, and, and and we need to take that responsibility. And it's not just the parents. It's the neighborhood. A lot of people in neighborhoods don't even know who their next-door neighbors are because they're afraid to ask because they don't know what, what to expect in terms of a response. We have to change that. We have to do better, and and all of us have a responsibility. It does take a village to raise a child, but the village, the internal village in your house should be the first village uh, that means something. My mother, God rest her soul, was five foot five inches tall, and back in the day, when I even formed my mouth to try to say something smart after she gave me some discipline about something, she looked at me and said, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. And, you know, that sort of stopped me in my tracks. Where I was like, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, because she was little, but she was powerful, and she, and she didn't take any mess. I said, I like to say we need to do better as a family, and we need to do better as a community as a whole. Our kids need our help. Our kids need love, and they need attention, and they need somebody to, to let them know that we care about them. Okay? Okay. Having said all that, I'm going to take another commercial break, and when I come back... Hopefully we will have Justin J. Pearson uh, who joins us and talk about somebody who's young and dynamic. Uh, that's a description of him. If you use those two words and you looked him up in the dictionary, you see his face. This is Real Talk Memphis for a Monday night. I am Chip. You know who you are. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: WYXR is supported by the Orpheum Theater, presenting Mannheim Steamroller Christmas by Chip Davis on Thursday, December 29th. The spirit of the season comes alive with the sound of Mannheim Steamroller, a holiday tradition for over 35 years. More information at orpheum-memphis.com.
6: Music meets you wherever you are. A great record finds you, and the trick it pulls off is that it records you. The music always remembers who you were when it first hit you. And for the rest of your natural-born life, wherever you go, music can take you back to whoever you were. At Loaded for Bear, the way we approach art and brand design is to find our clients wherever they really are, meet them there, and create lasting work that captures who they are. Just like y'all, we're from Memphis and we're listeners. Loaded for Bear is proud to ride for WYXR and community radio anywhere.
0: And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening in the city. Good to have you with us. I'm Chip, and uh, before I uh, introduce uh, our next guest, I want to do the Facebook Live roll call out here. And by the way, I need to see more people on Facebook Live. I I I really like to see this this fill up out here. Uh, But thank you all, Michael Harris. Michael is very devoted to this show. He uh, God bless his heart. He's always on uh, with us, and he's always uh, giving me some positive motivations. So it's good to see you, Michael. Tamara Rhodes is joining us uh, this evening, as is Jewel Parker Christensen, or Christian, I think her name is. And Pearl Walker is checking us out tonight. Hey, Pearl, how you doing? Uh, Let's see here. Tiffany Washington Rainey is watching as well. And Marcella Dickerson is watching us as well. I thank each and every one of you for taking some time. Uh, And checking us out uh, on this uh, Monday evening. And, yeah, I'd like to see more of you on Facebook Live. We have a pretty good show here. Uh, So I hope that you uh, check us out uh, and join in uh, the fun. Now, uh, my next guest is um, is a very dynamic young man. He's 27 years old. And uh, he is 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 a community activist. And when I think about him, I think about, you know, I think he was born in a uh, he's misplaced the the, the time period that he was born Uh, because he comes off to me like like he should have been a civil rights activist back in the day. Uh, Anyway, having said all that, please welcome to the show. Justin J. Pearson. Uh, He is a community activist here in the city of Memphis. And Justin, it's great to see you and great to have you join us on Real Talk Memphis
7: thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I'm excited to join you and to talk with you.
0: Well, you know, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I, I came to know you about a year or so ago when uh, there was a big fight, uh, you know, about uh, a pipeline that, that would uh, directly impact the folks uh, in South Memphis and, and certain parts of the city, and that would also affect our water. Now, you're, I don't know if you still are, but you were the president of the uh, Memphis Community Against the Pipeline. Uh, are you still mm-hmm. affiliated with that? That's correct.
7: And now we changed our name uh, because together as a community, we defeated the pipeline to this community against pollution.
0: So okay, so uh, and and it was a very successful effort. Uh, And again, you know, I reference your age; you're 27 years old, but you have an Mm -hmm. old soul. And I and I will I will say this: uh, when I was doing my my social media promos for this show, uh, and I referenced uh, Justin's name, and and I forgot to put the J in. Justin said Justin sent me a note and said, you know, Mr. Chip, uh, you know, please add the J. So it's Justin J. Pearson. And he's and tell and tell our listeners uh, why you why that that middle initial was so important to have for you.
7: Yeah, I use my middle initial to pay homage to my grandmothers, uh, especially my grandmother Pearson, who named me. Uh, she loved my name, uh, and both my grandmothers, God rest their souls, have passed on. Uh, and that actually, Mister Chip connects to the a movement and the fight against the pipeline and against environmental racism. Both my grandmothers were in Southwest Memphis, where we're from, in Westwood. Both died of cancer. And our neighborhood has four times the cancer risk than the national average, and so a lot of my family history and, and, and heritage is tied up in this movement
0: for justice. Well, you know, during that uh, that, that 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 time, there uh, you were able to bring in some some national uh, national political uh, folks. I do remember former president, former vice president Al Gore came to one of your no. rallies, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct in that? You are correct, one hundred percent. And and so that that sort of put a, a bigger spotlight on things. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons why I had you on the show is because uh, you were recently a, bestowed a a very big honor uh, by a national publication called The Root. And for people, mm-hmm. uh, the Root, people uh, people who don't know, uh, every year they come out with a Most Influential uh, list. And on this list, this year in the Root One Hundred. Was our very own Justin J. Pearson. Uh, he is the only one from Memphis, and he joins the group. Now, I'm gonna. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, the uh, most influential Black Americans in 2022. Did I get that correct?
7: That is correct, sir.
0: And you are on that list. And congratulations to you for making that list. And I guess I would like to know, really, how they find you? I mean, th- this is a very big honor, especially with some of the names that are also on that list uh, mm-hmm. that that you join as well. Tyler Perry, I believe Simone mm-hmm. Biles, I believe, former First Lady no. Michelle Obama. And yeah. uh, and I mean, how do you feel about all this?
7: Yeah. uh, Extraordinary. um, An accomplishment for our city and for our people and our community. Uh, My name might be on the list, uh, but that's a representation of a lot of names of folks in Boxtown and Westwood, Walker Homes, West Junction, uh, and across this city that rallied and have organized. It was to stop the pipeline, but then it's to, to center the voices of communities that have been marginalized and that have been excluded, elevating the issues of poverty, elevating the issues of systemic racism in meaningful ways. And so, I, I mean, any day you wake up and your name's on the list with uh, First Lady Michelle Obama is a pretty remarkable day. Uh, and so to, to be recognized and to have our name on that list and to have our city represented
0: was a deep uh, honor. And I'm just humbled uh, to, to serve. I mean, it it really is an incredible thing when you think about, uh, on the whole, uh, you know, so many folks who are out there nationwide who are, you know, fighting the good fight, so to speak, in Mm -hmm. their respective cities and their communities. And to have uh, them find you uh, in terms Mm -hmm. of what you've done here in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, you know, make the, uh, the national landscape and bring and bring you're bringing attention to our city. And by doing that, you're also bringing attention to a lot of the issues and a lot of the of the, the the things that, you know, that we struggle with as a community that we really do uh, need to try to fix. So, I mean, I think that's a, that, that that too, is kind of a big part of all of this, don't you think, in terms oh, of platform? Definitely.
7: Mm-hmm. It, we are. I mean, it was one of a great Memphian, writer who said that the greatest thing we can do is shine the light of truth upon some of these situations. And I, I think there's both a, a shining of truth upon what's going on in Memphis. Uh, the systematic entrenchment of a lot of injustices that we are experiencing, and many residents here are experiencing, whether that be the extractive political economy that that takes people's uh, votes uh, and doesn't invest anything in their community, uh, to a capitalistically exploitative system which has wages of folks being less than uh, the the necessary wage to be sustainable and livable wages. And so I think we're doing some some real work. We got in Southwest Memphis half of the polluters in the con- in the in the county. In one community, uh, destroying the lungs and the lives of people, and we're elevating this um, uh, and these issues of sacrifice zones in a really, really meaningful way. But I think what, what's gaining attention and what's building and raising awareness that's so meaningful is the movement that is burgeoning and growing here. This movement, as I call it, of resurrection. Uh, I think for quite a long time, uh, Memphis has had the shadow of the the lynching of Dr. King. Uh, lingering over our city. And we have a lot of the issues that Dr. King spoke about many, many years ago, uh, 50 plus years ago, but there's something happening uh, here in this moment in time. And, And he said this, Mr. Chip, a few days before he was assassinated here, he said the movement lives or dies in Memphis. He said that to his team mm-hmm. when they were telling him don't go to Memphis. He screamed at them, yelled at them and said the movement lives or dies in Memphis. And what I think the, the country is recognizing, what I think people around the world even have recognized is that what is happening in Memphis, this movement that's building in Memphis matters and it is changing the narrative the narrative that multi-billion dollar corporations can keep taking our land and potentially destroy our waters, changing the narrative that the Tennessee Valley Authority can force us to sign never ending contracts and give away all of our power. We're changing the narrative um, in a really meaningful way as a majority black African-American community in, mean, in ways that, that are um, uh, uh, subversive, I would say to the status quo. And, and people are taking note of that. And that's because of the people power movement that each and every one of us are choosing to be a part of and choosing to push.
0: We're speaking with Justin J. Pearson. He is a community activist, and, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, several of the issues uh, that he is passionate about. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, some of the things you just said, uh, you know, take me back to, uh, to the days of uh, the power of the civil rights movement, uh, not only in this country, but particularly in our city. And uh, I, I, I would hasten to say that Dr. King is, is, is one of your is one of the folks that inspire you in terms of your tone and your message for today.
7: I would definitely say that uh, Dr. King, uh, Fannie Lou Hamer uh, uh, were activists who saw what was wrong and chose to speak up. And it is really important to, to remember this. This other thing that I've been really intentional about, Mr. Chip, is also where folks come from. Uh, Dr. King's mother uh, uh, Christine uh, Williams uh, was uh, her parents were the 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 really the in essence, the founders of Ebenezer Baptist Church mm-hmm. grew it into the church that it became before Dr. King was born, right? Uh, uh, Mother King uh, educated his daddy, mm-hmm. her parents did. and so uh, we, we we all come from somewhere, and I have to give uh, special credence to my touchable, Uh, Leaders and touchable angels and my own parents, uh, uh, Kimberly Owens Pearson and Jason C. Pearson, who had kids as teenagers and have went on, uh, thanks to the prayers and hard work uh, of my grandmothers and others before them, to earn master's degrees. And my mom's working on a doctorate in education. There is a need for leaders right now. And right in our midst and right in our families, there are people who continue to inspire me in addition to the to the icons of the movement like Nina Simone and, and Maya Angelou.
0: Mm-hmm. Before I let you go, uh, you have decided to to take this local movement uh, on, on another level. Uh, you have plans. You have some uh, some 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 plans uh, looking ahead. What are those exactly? Yes,
7: sir. So I'm excited to share with you and your listeners that I am running for elected office to serve uh, District 86 as the state representative in the Tennessee House. Um, and the elections coming up in January 4th through 19th, early voting in January uh, 24th is the final day of voting in the primary. Uh, we have to take this movement and grow it. Uh, the issues that we're facing are not singular to us. They are. Uh, in a lot of other spaces and communities and with more power and with more voice and more action and energy behind this movement. I think we're going to continue to see change and we're going to continue to see more wins that we most desperately need. And I pray to be able to continue to serve in the movement uh, uh, through elected office as we we continue to serve uh, in the nonprofit space and in the the broader social, racial, and environmental justice movement.
0: Well, listen, man. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, and I hope our listeners uh, have have uh, enjoyed listening to you tonight. Uh, congratulations on on this on this really big honor for the Root Magazine to recognize you as uh, one of the uh, most influential Black Americans uh, in twenty twenty two. I know you're gonna have a bright future ahead, uh, whatever uh, and wherever it takes you. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, man. And congratulations from all of us here and best of luck in the future.
7: Thank you so much. A complete honor. Thanks for having me. And uh, I look forward to continue to talk and continue to make justice together.
0: Absolutely. That. Thank you so much. Justin J. Pearson, ladies and gentlemen, what a way to wrap up the show. That That's a fine young man right there. I mean, he is sharp as anything. And, boy, I tell you, he takes you back to a, to a, to a different time, uh, and I don't think he's going to settle for anything less uh, than just getting uh, what we deserve as a, as a community, and, uh, and I, I see big things ahead for him. Uh, as Lola plays this out, uh, this has been a great show, uh, and I, I hope once again that you enjoyed it. Uh, and, and please, you know, we're a podcast, so if you missed this live, uh, first of all, it's on my page, so you can always go back and check it out. And I really urge you to do that. Okay, I really appreciate that. But we're also a podcast, so I would appreciate it if you like, follow, share, and subscribe, and tell folks about Real Talk Mental uh, because uh, you know I think we work hard to try to put together a good, great product for each and uh, every one of you every week uh, with our guests and uh, the conversation that we have. So, for Lola, for Nicole, for Brynn, and for your humble host Chip, we thank you. Sincerely thank you for being with us tonight. And until next week, I'm Chip, and we're out. Be safe. Have a great week.